Hey, thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope that you'll be able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope that this message will be an inspiration to you and that you'll find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. Today we're talking about the inspired Word of God. Um, Can you even imagine what it would be like if we did not have the Word of God? Um, And yet, because of the Word, uh, it is so fundamental to our faith, uh, we couldn't live a Christian life without it. Because this Word, this Word, Old Testament, New Testament, reveals to us everything we need to know from the heart of God, from creation to the fall of man to the history of Israel and God's inner working with the history of Israel, the Jews, and to see them uh, falter many, many times along the way as you read through the Old Testament. But the amazing thing is that God blessed them, and that was God's desire, to have a people and for those people to be so, so blessed, and not just so that it would be contained within them. No, God desired for that blessing to be poured out on other people, on all people of the earth, and uh, those people to take notice what's different about these people. What's different about these Jews? They are blessed of God. They, uh, they have victory in their lives and on and on and on. They would see all that God was doing for them. Well, guess what? You and I today in one sense are the spiritual Israel and the world is to look at our life and take note of why is that person like that? Why do they handle sickness like that? Why do they handle death like that? Can you imagine what it would be like trying to handle the loss of a loved one when you did not believe in eternity and God and heaven and uh, you didn't know where they went uh, or you believed that um, they went to God but you didn't know for sure. But when you and I die, we know for sure where we're going. Amen. And uh, today, how many of you know for sure where you're going? All right. How many of you don't know for sure where you're going? All right, well, I'm going to address you at the end of the service, all right? So, uh, and I can tell you where you can go. Everybody says they want to go to heaven, but not everybody is making preparation to go to heaven. And that fits with some of you listening, maybe at a campus. You, you want to go to heaven, but you're like, um, I'm, I'm not ready to make t- the decision today. Uh, I plan to one day before I go to heaven, but uh, let me tell you, you don't know when you're going to heaven. Do you realize that? You just don't know, but you can know this. Today is the day of salvation, and you can make the right preparation to go regardless uh, of your future. Well, the Word of God. Let's look at it. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 13 through 17. Let's look at these verses. And the Bible says, but evil men and imposters... Paul is talking to Timothy about the end time. And he says, evil men and imposters will grow worse 
and worse. Let me stop there, uh, the end time. I do believe that we can accurately say we're living in the end time. We just don't know where. And when we read that a thousand years is as one day to the Lord and a day is a thousand years, we don't know how God looks at, at this uh, expanse of time called uh, the pre-tribulation uh, or the pre-rapture. So we're in the end time, but we don't know when. I was talking to uh, my one of my daughters the other day, and uh, she brought this up, and I said, well, I said, Carla, yes, we're living in the end time, but we don't know when the Lord's coming back. It could be a hundred years, and I could tell she was disappointed, uh, and uh, because she was anticipating maybe five, maybe ten. Uh, I can still remember, well, I won't go into that. I was a teenager, and I thought for sure the Lord would come a long time ago, but here we are, and uh, yet it doesn't change the fact Jesus could come at any moment, and we know that. Why do we know that? Because of this, the infallible, inerrant Word of God. We know this is true. So, Let's read on because we're living in the end time, whether it's 100 years before Christ comes or, uh, God forbid, but uh, even 400 years. But the only reason that Christ is not back already is because out of the heart of God flows love and mercy and doesn't want anybody to perish and go to a place that was never prepared for them. It was prepared for Satan and the fallen angels. It was not prepared for you. Uh, heaven was prepared for you, so get ready. Amen? So don't put it off any longer. Do it today. And then the Bible says they will grow worse. Evil men, worse men, imposters. They will grow, it will grow worse. It is going to get worse and worse and worse and worse uh, along the way. We're, uh, I cannot believe, um, I absolutely have a hard, hard time believing what I'm seeing around me today versus years ago. Our country is a totally different country today than it was even 20 years ago, much less 40 or beyond. So in the end times, one of the things that's going to be happening is there are going to be people deceiving and being deceived. People are going to be deceived, and deceivers are going to deceive. Now, deception is a terrible thing. And the thing about deception is this. Someone honestly feels like they are right, and yet they are wrong but they believe with all their heart that they are right. And they will argue the point uh, excessively because they believe they're right. But in actuality, no, it doesn't base on, is not based on truth from God's word and what God says about right and wrong. So people will be deceived in the end time. And then they will go on to deceive other people. And uh, that's one of the things he's writing because God does not want you to be deceived. And the way you're not going to be deceived is to be a person of the word. 
That's a good, good, good place for you onlineers to say amen, all right? So we know that we won't be deceived if we are a person of the word, all right? So we don't want to be deceived. Uh, there's millions and millions, uh, uh, literally we can say billion plus of people in the world that are deceived. Many of them believe in a religion that is based on falsehood, but they believe it with all their heart. They're deceived and they go to deceive others. There are others that are deceived that this is not God's word, that God is not real, and they will argue the point. So just go to a, any university almost, and uh, you'll walk into classrooms where deceived will try to deceive you, all right? I went to junior college and walked into a classroom, and it was out uh, in a small rural area, and uh, I went into that class, and the professor was supposed to be teaching something else, but guess what? Inevitably, many of them, not all, but many of them feel the need uh, to express their views on the Bible and Christianity and take that opportunity in front of a classroom that doesn't know any better, for the better part, and share deception. I walked into that classroom, and uh, this professor begins to talk about the Bible. I perked up, and at that time, I was not serving God. Uh, and yet, my mother was, and anything he said that offended my mother gonna make me mad, all right? So I was sitting there, he started talking, I'm like, that's not true. My mother, I know what she believes is true. And uh, I knew what was true, but I wasn't walking in it. And he finally, he said, for instance, the Bible is full of contradiction. And he said, for instance, he says in one book, it says this is written over the cross. In another book, this is written over the cross. It is a contradiction. And uh, I didn't know the Bible. I didn't know what to say. I had never really read the Bible. I wasn't a Christian. And yet, I wanted to stand up and say, my mother says you're wrong. All right? So anyway, mom wasn't there. I don't even know if she would have known uh, what the answer was. But a year or so later, I discovered in reading, uh, after becoming a Christian, I discovered there was more than one thing written over the cross. It was written in Latin and Aramaic, Aramaic and Greek. And I'm like, oh, I want to go back and get that professor. I still do. And uh, he's probably dead. Uh, I hope he came to Christ. All right. Verse 14, I really do hope. I hope he came to Christ. He needed Christ. Uh, absolutely. He went, bam. All right, so verse 14, but you must continue. Paul writing to Timothy, you must continue in the things which you have learned. And so here's this young man, Timothy, and he has learned things that Paul is saying, you got to continue in these and have been assured of he was just as sure as I was even more and been assured of knowing from whom you have learned them. Uh, Timothy's mother and grandmother were teachers uh, uh, and uh, had put into his life uh, the truth of God's word. And verse 15 says, and that from childhood, from a, a young age, childhood, you have known the holy Scripture. Say it with me. Holy Scripture. He said, Paul says to Timothy, from a childhood, you have known the Holy Scripture. Now, 
Of course, at that time, the New Testament had not been written and compiled, together at least. Some of it had been written, but uh, not compiled together under the early church and under prayer and acknowledgement that this was God's Word, written by mostly eyewitnesses of Christ and uh, Paul writing a great uh, number of epistles and writing even this, uh, who saw Jesus, he was called up into heaven and saw Jesus. So he was a valid writer of what we are reading. So we read on uh, Holy Scripture. He was referring to the Old Testament. And at that time, in the Jewish Old Testament, there were 22 books in the Jewish Old Testament. I, I don't know um, exactly why they took all the minor prophets and combined them into one. Uh, I don't know if it had anything to do with the fact that there are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, but uh, he was talking about you have been brought up in the Old Testament. And guess what? The Old Testament reveals the Messiah, all right, and tells some of the things, uh, pertinent things that was going to happen to the Messiah. Aren't you glad that God gave us a, a vivid illustration written down of the creation of man so we know how it all began, how the fall of man took place, how that the history of Israel uh, in its floundering days uh, and then uh, uh, redemption through the cross and the blood of Christ uh, all the way through. He even told us what it was going to be like in the last days. And then he tells us, hang on, because I'm coming back for you. And then you're going to spend eternity in heaven. He gave us the whole scope of the picture of what he wanted us to know. So in verse 16, it says this, uh, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Today, we can boldly declare the Old Testament inspired of God, uh, the New Testament inspired of God. And uh, I know that since then, uh, in the original version, written by mostly uh, eyewitnesses of Christ, since then there have been updates. Uh, let me just tell you this, all right? Don't get bent out of shape over this. Just like the King James, uh, mo a lot of us had the King James years ago, and uh, it was Old English, we don't use some of that. We don't talk like that anymore. So then I went to the New James, uh, New James, New King James, uh, and then uh, NIV is a good translation, but, um, but people needed to update so others could read the word. Many years ago, when people went to church, they only heard it in Latin, and they didn't understand Latin. So thank God for a language where we clearly understand the picture and the thoughts and the intent of the heart of God. Amen. But when someone starts changing the picture and the heart and the thoughts and the intent of God, then is when you've got to beware. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Profitable. It is profitable. Say it with me. Profitable. The scripture is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Verse 17, that the man of God, that the woman of God may be complete or mature, uh, thoroughly equipped for every good work. 
Okay, so from a child, uh, Timothy had known the Holy Scriptures. In that reference, it was the Old Testament. Uh, and uh, then you and I, uh, here we are still. The context of the Old Testament is the same as what I have in this Bible right here. Exactly what, other than in a different language, is uh, right here is what uh, Timothy grew up on uh, studying the Old Testament. Now, we don't live under the law anymore. Uh, we live under grace. Christ came to fulfill the law, so we don't celebrate the festivals and, and the things that God had instructed the Jews to do. So we are believers where there is neither Jew nor Greek, the Bible says, all right? Now, let's go to Mark chapter 12, verse 24. And the Bible says, Jesus answered and said to them, are you not therefore mistaken because you do not know the scripture, nor the power of God. Now, the Sadducees, they were always Pharisees, Sadducees, Herodians. They were the religious order were always trying to trip up Jesus. All right. That's why people are going to, they, they like to try to trip you up, don't they? People that come into your life that don't know Christ, don't believe, they'll try to trick you up and say, oh, that church, all they want is money. And uh, they'll say other things. Where did Cain get it? Or Abel get his wife? Cain get his wife. And uh, Abel passed away. And so uh, anyway, they'll ask you the same thing. They came to Jesus. And it was in this occasion, the Sadducees. Now, the Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection of the dead. Uh, now, this is the way you will always remember the Sadducees, all right? Because the Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection of the dead. In other words, this was it. They were sad, you see. Uh, so uh, anyway, because they didn't believe, all right? There was anything beyond. So they were sad, you see. Some of you didn't get it the first time. All right, so anyway. So they came, and they were questioning Jesus, and they thought they had him. And they said, um, if a man has a wife and they have no children and he dies and she marries his brother, which would have been uh, um, somewhat normal tradition so that the brother could raise up a child to his dead brother and the, their lineage go on. Uh, but they said, so she didn't have children in the first uh, husband. She married again, the, the brother, and they didn't have any children, and he died. Uh, then she married another brother. They didn't have any children, and then he died. Uh, when she went to the fourth, the fourth should have been like, I'm out of here. I'm, uh, uh, I don't think so. And so. But yet, can you imagine? The fourth brother was supposed to marry her, raise up a, a, a son or a heir to the first brother, the second brother, the third brother. Finally, by the fourth baby, he gets one. All right. So anyway, so it sounds like a soap opera, I know. But uh, all the way through, she marries the seventh husband, and he dies. Uh, no children. And then they ask, so when they all get to heaven, in other words, it was almost a mockery. So when they all get or resurrected, they didn't believe in it. Um, whose wife is she going to be? And they thought they had him. They're, and I, they expected, Jesus was like, well, let me think about this for a minute. And uh, Jesus responded like this. Are you not mistaken? Because you do not know the scripture. 
You don't know what the word says. And that's why you're telling dumb stories like that, all right? So the implication. All right, you don't know the scripture and the, nor the power of God. And that's what he said to him. You don't know what you're talking about because you don't know the scripture. And let me tell you, most of the time, we don't know what we're talking about if we don't know the scripture, all right? So he says to them, you don't know the scripture and you don't know the power of God. In other words, you don't know the power of God and believe that God can resurrect the dead. But God is more than capable of resurrecting the dead. And yes, he will one day. Amen? So let's read on Luke chapter 24. 25. So he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scripture. Christ was walking with a couple of the disciples on the road to Emmaus. Finally, he was revealed and uh, they ran back into the city of Jerusalem where the other disciples were. And all of a sudden in the room, Jesus appears and they were freaked out a little bit and then uh, realized it was Christ. And he opened the scripture so that they could comprehend the scripture. You cannot separate Jesus from this word, okay? You've got to believe the Old Testament, the New Testament, uh, uh, to understand who Christ is. Now, let's move on. Acts 17, 2 and 11. And I like this, these two verses. Then Paul, as his custom was... He went to Thessalonica. This was in Thessalonica. He went to them, to the Jews in the synagogue. And for three Sabbaths, he reasoned with them from the Scripture. So when Paul was enlightened to realize that Jesus was really who he said he was, the Messiah, and he started looking at the Word totally differently and seeing where Christ was all through the Old Testament and how prophecies were fulfilled. So he's reasoning with all all of these Jews. But most of them, by and large, reject him. There are uh, believed to be some uh, uh, other Gentiles there that some even of the Jews and Gentiles believed, but overall, they ran him out of the city. And he goes to Berea, which is the next verse, verse 11. He goes to Berea. This is the kind of church we have here, I believe, all right? So look at it. These were at faith assembly more fair-minded than those... I'm not saying, all right, so then those in Thessalonica, in that, here's, here's what we are doing, in that faith assembly received the word, and here it was Berea, with all readiness. Oh, do you remember when you got saved? When you came to church and it was like, ah, oh, I'm in church. Can't wait to worship. You were sitting there on the edge of your seat. Uh, it didn't matter what was preached. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. Oh, I was just so filled with the word today. And you went home and you came back the next week and you were the same way. Now it's like, oh, you know, I think I've heard that before. Um, you know, uh, yeah, let's go. Yeah, it was okay. I'll give it a C plus. All right. I want to I be honest with you. When I hear others preach, I enjoy it immensely. Uh, a couple of weeks or so ago, Pastor Johnny spoke. I sat over there on Saturday night, 9 o'clock, 11, 15, and, and I didn't say, you know, I've heard this already. No, I still got things out of the 11, 15. 
I mean, and I got things from what he was saying. And then sometimes the Holy Spirit says things I, the, the pastor or the preacher doesn't even say. And he's sometimes preaching his own little sermon on the side. That's all right, all right? So they receive the word with all readiness and search. Here it is. They search the scripture daily to find out whether these things were so. We're talking about they were searching the Old Testament, okay? So they received the word. They were more fair-minded. They were ready to receive, and they searched the scripture daily. Say search with me. Search. They searched the scripture. All right. This is the infallible inerrant. It's without error. The thoughts and intent and the purpose of God through this book is without error. And uh, uh, it is the standard by which we believe. It is the standard by which we declare right and wrong. You know what? People are afraid to do. I don't want to say you're wrong. Well, absolutely. If they're wrong, tell them for heaven's sakes, all right? Uh, And you can do it based on your knowledge of the word. So, This is what declares to us what is right and what is wrong. Okay, John, let me give it to you. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Speaking of Jesus, he was in the beginning with God, and the Word became flesh dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And then in verse 16, and of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. Verse 17, for the law was given through Moses, all right? The law was given through Moses, the sacrifice of animals for, to atone for the sins of the people, but grace And truth came through Christ. We don't offer sacrifices for our sins anymore. There is the Lamb of God, the ultimate sacrifice. He's already been sacrificed, but rose again. Well, the word is the standard for right or wrong, and that's why it is uh, imperative that we read the word, study the word, uh, hear the word, search the word, all right? It's all, uh, you know, because if we don't, here's what will happen. Proverbs 21, 2, every man or every way of man is right in his own eyes, and we're getting to that point where everybody's like, well, it's right in my eyes. Oh, no, well, this is right in my eyes. No, this is right, all right? And uh, they are probably wrong, okay? But uh, let me give you another verse. Judges, in those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone, everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Wow. We are dealing with a culture today that is so contrary and counter to the right of the word. It is against the truth of the word. Recently, I picked up a paper and it read where our U.S. government was suing one of our states. Why were they suing? Because the state was saying, no, we're not going to allow trans boys into uh, girls' locker rooms. Well, we're not going to allow them into middle school locker rooms nor high school locker rooms. We're not going to do that. And the government is saying, oh, yes, you are. Now, folks, what is happening in our country? I love the kid that says, you know, I, 
I, I'm, I'm trans. I, I, I believe I was born to be a girl. I love them. And I also know that God has the power to set them free from the mindset that is wrong. So I know, I know what this says. They're not a mistake. I know what this says, and I know the power of God. I've seen drug addicts delivered by the power of God. Uh, someone told me after the service, uh, they were called over uh, to someone's house, and the young lady, just a young lady with two little kids, ha had been seeing demons for like nine years. And this woman opened her mouth the other day and manifest and couldn't close her mouth for six hours. And this person comes over because they know the scripture and the power of God and set them free in the name of Jesus. And so this person, this person says, I slept for the first time in years all night. Why? Because the power of the enemy over her life was broken. And so it is with the adulterer, the liar, uh, the con artist, and on and on and on and on the sins you could list. They need to know the scripture and the power of God. But our government doesn't know the scripture and they don't care. Even though scripture's written all over Washington, D.C., inside the courtrooms, inside the House of Representatives, where they're passing things that are, and they are deceived by the spirit of the devil, and they are trying to deceive others. When people in, in a uh, way too many people in this country, politically and otherwise, believe it's okay to, to kill babies in the womb. Uh, they don't see anything wrong with it. Why? Because they are deceived. They don't know the word. Uh, and so they're deceived. Uh, and, and because they are deceived, they think they're right. And so they propagate it and try to deceive others and give some rational thought. But we give the word. We know what the word says. Well, So we know it's wrong. It's in the category of wrong. All right. And so we don't hate those people. We pray for those people. And if you ever went through an abortion, let me give you some good news. Your child is in heaven, all right? And uh, that's the good news. But we don't want a nation that is so contrary to the word, and that's the way it's headed. That's why you're going to be deceived if you don't get in the word. Or No, let me back up. That's why you could be deceived if you don't get in the word, all right? Uh, it is so sad what's happening there are people that have no glance or concern for the word or, or God. They don't care. They don't believe in it. Don't tell me what the Bible says. I don't believe in the Bible. It doesn't matter whether they believe in it or not. It's still true, all right? It will never change. It will always be true. Well, the problem is we're not in the word. Our children, like Timothy, was in the word from an early age. Uh, he was in the word because someone cared in this church, we care. We, got, we pay a lot of children's ministry workers to do everything they can to speak into your children's life when they are here. But they're not the sole source of this. You are also to be a source of the Word of God, speaking to them the Word of God. What happens, though, is, and it's getting close, all right? Looking down at that clock, and it's, it's running faster. They put it on fast time this morning, all right? So, anyway... Uh, 
But what, ha- what happens, I think, is people, they don't get in the word, so then they get into feelings. And parents, let me tell you something. About 15 years ago or so, when I realized kids were walking around with phones, uh, I would ask somebody, and they would say, well, it's for emergencies. And I'm like, if they have an emergency, all the other kids are, have phones, so just let them borrow them their phone. You don't have to pay the bill every month. Well, people don't pay any attention to me sometime on issues like that, and apparently not, because, you know, I'm not saying take your phone away from your 15-year-old. Uh, that would be a crisis, all right? So... Um, <laughs> But I'm saying maybe take it away from your five-year-old. Okay, all right, let's start with the five-year-olds. But do you know where they get their news? Think about this. Do you know where they get their news? Right here. And by and large, it's Vanity Fair, and it's Cosmopolitan, and it's CNN. Let me just tell you something right now. They're reading lies that don't line up with this, sorry. And if they don't get into this, they'll believe this. God help us. I'm going to wrap it up. They can't get into feelings, or they can, and that's where too many people are, not just teenagers or younger kids, adults too. Um, I saw a video, I forgot where I saw it, um, of two women standing over in a parking lot, and there was a baby stroller, and, and they were looking at their phones and didn't realize that a car was backing up, didn't see them, and was about to hit the stroller when a man ran over, grabbed the stroller, pulled it out of the way, goes back over, grabs their two phones, and throws them on the pavement. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> it's the kind of thing you want to do but wouldn't never think of. All right, so anyway, but uh, people get too much into their feelings And they start saying, I believe because of this. Um, Someone came to me this morning after the first service, and they said they just came back from the West Coast. And they walked up to church leaders, and I'm assuming pastors too, that believed things so contrary to this word, they could hardly stand it. But people get into feelings, and I can understand it a little bit, um, maybe more than I want to. When I was um, young, er, and um, so um, I was dating this girl for a year and a half before, this was before Alice, all right, uh, um, B.A., all right, before Alice, okay, so, um, uh, but um, I dated for a year and a half, and you know, I was struck, and, um, but I'd become a Christian, in the last few months, and she had not and showed no interest, and so I was really struggling. One day, leaving church, I'm driving. My mother's in the back seat. I've got the sweetest mother. She's in heaven. Sweetest mother in the whole, I mean, sweeter, sweeter, sweeter. I mean, she was incredible. So, so mild, so merciful, um, and loved God and loved us. And um, she's in the back, and I think there was a sibling or two in the car. And I am talking about, you know, I don't know whether I should break up, and, I, you know, I don't want to, but I think maybe I should, and all of that, you know, typical teenage stuff. And um, finally, because my mother could feel my pain of the decision, she said something to me that rocked me. She said, well, son, maybe you should just still just stay with her. Now, when I heard that, 
I don't know if my mother didn't know the scripture. Maybe not. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 14. I don't know. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And it goes on with some other good stuff, light and darkness. Uh, I don't know if she knew that verse. But basically, she was telling me out of her emotion, out of her love, out of not wanting to see me hurt and grieving, just, just stay with her. And it so shocked me because I knew what the word says. See, I'm, I, you're not to be unequally yoked with someone in dating or in marriage. Now, I'm not saying divorce your husband today, okay? But uh, uh, in dating and marriage and business, no. There's problems, and the word talks about it. So it, it lets you know before you do, all right? And so when I heard that, I was in shock. I was like, oh, my Lord, my mother, because of me acting this way, is telling me to do something I should not do. And it influenced my decision greatly to um, break it off. And I did shortly thereafter. Um, I said, I think we should break up. And she said, okay. And um, <laughs> I'm like, um, wait a minute. This is not how I expected this to go. <laughs> um, the next Friday night, she had a date with somebody else, and I didn't. Um, so I did something very good. I went to our church and prayed a lot. All right, so God, don't strike that boy. All right, so anyway, um, you get through it by God's help. Whatever you're dealing with, you get through it by God's help. But we go by this, not our feelings, not our thoughts of what somebody else has put in. Contrary to this, we search the Scripture, we study the Scripture, we read the Scripture, we hear the Scripture. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thanks for joining with us in our pursuit of getting closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.